everybody, and welcome to A Land of Cheese and Sauce, One Shot, Part One. There could always be a second session. We kind of don't know. <laughs> um, Jacob, uh, unfortunately, could not be with us. Uh, I almost said, unfortunately, is no longer with us. But <laughs> they're, still, they're still with us. They're just not here today. <laughs> so we are going to be doing a series of one shots. And I personally am very excited for this. So first, we're going to introduce our cast. And then I'll share a little bit of information about what's going on. So go ahead and take it away, Nick. Hey, how's it going? I'm Nick Ortiz, <clears throat> host of the Cheesy Gordita Lunch podcast, and I will be playing Thicker Tees. Um, yeah, that's who I'll be playing today, a uh, former burglar, um, a kazoo, uh, what's the word? Because you know you have a pianist and a trumpet. A, trumpet a trumpeteer slash kazooist. Yes, yeah, a, a trumpeteer <laughs> who specializes in kazoo. There you go. That's who I'll be playing today. Um, I'm I'm really excited for this. And if I could plug anything, please check out Cheese Gordita Bunch podcast. We had uh, TW on recently to talk about their new podcast, and that was a really fun conversation. Um, I'll put the link in the description. Also, you just have to look up Cheese Gordita Bunch, and boom, there we are. All right. Awesome. Uh, next, one of, uh, a I assume, a fan favorite. I assume you're all fan favorites. So uh, <laughs> whoever's fan of this people uh, or this person, she's up next. Chris, go ahead and uh, take it away. Those Chris heads Hello, out there. I am Chris Conger. Uh, this time I will be playing Bronwyn Weaver, a carpenter um, who is very tall in stature. Um, I kind of have... I imagine her as a combination between, like, Abby from The Last of Us, Brienne of Tarth, and the woman on the left of the Potato Eaters painting by Van Gogh, if, you're, <laughs> if you want to, like, visualize her. Um, and this week, I just want to shout out that, like, my student loans aren't going to plague me anymore, and I'm really excited. If nice. y'all haven't heard, 10K of Debts Forgiven... Um, for like most folks. And then if you had the Pell Grant, which I did, you get a uh, 20,000 debt reduction. And, uh, if you made payments in the last like two years or so, you might be eligible for a refund. So if y'all haven't heard now, you know, that's super rad, but also yeah. folks be aware if you did take a private loan, nothing yeah, for you. Sorry. Yeah. It's no. just federal. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's still like not enough and it's still should have done sooner. Like, yeah. I'm just putting that all aside and just saying. Yeah. Are you a yeah. billionaire? For those of you, a little bit those, of yay right now. For those of you who are able to get graced by a, a nearly empty gesture, we are. <laughs> we are. I'm genuinely happy for those folks. Exactly. So, just you know, want to make sure everybody's aware that if if they are eligible for it, they I, should do it. I just love that Alan oh. Moore bitterness is really coming through. Tw. <laughs> yeah. Of course. He's, he's my uh, my favorite Northamptonite, so. Uh, uh, speaking of Alan Moore and the English, now we're going to, uh, uh, last but definitely not least, uh, the heart and soul of the current pun and uh, <laughs> one of the three English people I can actually tolerate. Jess, go ahead and take it away. Hi, uh, I'm Jess Green, and thank you for that intro. It makes me wonder who the other two people are. John Oliver is one of them for sure. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Alan Moore uh, and 
Alan Moore again. Now that I think about <laughs> it, it's just you and Alan Moore are really what the about actually, him? What about high Terry Pratchett. He's great. Was great. Terry? I, I, you know what? I'm going to change it. It's Alan Moore, Richard Ayoade, and then you are the only three. Oh, I thought I you were going to say Richard Dawkins, but <laughs> <laughs> now, now, friends, let's not speak. Um, let's not speak that name, lest we summon him. Um, so anyway, I'm Jess Green. Um, as usual, I want to shout out to the Mermaids, who are an awesome charity who support trans kids in the UK, because it's turning into Turf Island. Um, mm-hmm. Another yucky thing for us to export across the world, as though, mm. you know, um, bad Cockney accents weren't enough. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and also there's a cool charity called Gendered Intelligence, which do similar work, but with slightly older people. So um, they're great charities and I highly recommend just having a click on their webpage if you like. Um, Because I, for one, am tired of people bullying kids, especially queer ones. So, Um, And today I'm going to be playing someone called Moralil Smythe. Um, And she is definitely 100% honest, upfront, virtuous... And trustworthy. Here, here. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to point out, and uh, if you can either agree or disagree, reading your character's backstory gives me very strong early Joseph Smith vibes. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> uh, the founder of Mormonism, one of the greatest con men in history. Uh, <gasps> wow. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit, thank you. So lucky you don't have to know who that is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm actually basing her on a character from one of my favorite children's books. Um, <laughs> awesome. uh, we said uh, the guy, same thing. Uh, by a guy called Eponymous <laughs> Clint, um, who got put in the stocks for scamming the wrong person. So, yeah, Francis Harding, thank you for making my childhood better. And I hope I do your character justice. Wonderful. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, and of course, I'm T.W. Warren. You already know that. Um, the game that we're going to be running today is uh, not D&D 5E, nor is it D&D 1, because I refuse to give Wizards of the Coast money. <laughs> here, here. Um, we're going to be playing a small independent game called Cairn. It is uh, created by, I'm definitely going to butcher this name, uh, Yokai Gall. Uh, it is a fantastic little rule set, which is a uh, a cross-pollination of Chris McDowell's Into the Odd and Bed Milton's Knave. Uh, both of those games are fantastic, and I encourage everybody listening to go and check those out if you want a really rules-light system so you can just get straight into role-playing. Um, the game that we're playing, Cairn, do- does differ from most traditional, uh, I'll call them big box RPGs. Uh, Some of the main differences are critical successes and failures. In this game, a 1 is a critical success and a 20 is a critical failure. When it comes to combat, all combat hits, you roll exclusively for damage. And when it comes to uh, skill checks, it is a roll under system. So whatever your skills are, uh, or not skills, whatever your attributes are, those stats you want to try to roll a d20 under those uh another thing i want to briefly touch on is i am running a horror 
session today. Horror is one of my favorite subgenre, and I think it is very important to just quickly go over the fact that when you are running a horror game, it is very important to understand the uh, the deep phobias of your players so that you can get consent to what is and is not okay to run during a game. Uh, I was given the, uh, the no-goes from all of the players today. When I was building my campaign, there were some things that ended up being in those no-goes, so I removed those. It is very important to have the, the safety and structure in a horror campaign with your players. So, now that we have gone over that, are y'all ready to jump right in? Fuck yeah! Yeah! yeah. I heard uh, a really good analogy for consent in horror games. Like, someone said to me, it's like the difference between going on a really good roller coaster and just being shoved down a flight of stairs. Hell <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's perfect. Yes. That is 100% the perfect analogy for this. So in our game, we are playing in uh, the traditional land of Yum. I've decided to take a corner of the map that in the main campaign we haven't explored yet. And that is north of the... Uh, what is it, of uh, Mount Baja. For those of you who are, have gone to the website and looked at the map, you will notice that in the panhandle of the Land of Yum, not a lot is listed there. So I thought, hmm, why is there nothing up there? Let's explore that today. So you folks will be starting off in a small little boomtown known as uh, Dewdrop. Dewdrop is this boomtown as uh, all of these cultures have been expanding over the land of yum and the rise of the church in the land of yum that worship glenn bell and uh slovenius the snake there has been an ongoing pursuit to evangelize and essentially get other people to convert to this religion uh you folks will be guiding uh father goter le picant from the uh from dewdrop out north to spread the glorious name of Glen Bell. So you folks arrive uh, after days and days of travel from uh, from going from city to city, make it to Dewdrop. Dewdrop, like I said, is a very small boom town. There's maybe about 15 buildings, no more than 120 residents. Um, here, there is a very small church that uh, the father that you are guiding has uh, essentially taken up residence and feels that it, it has been called upon him to go north and spread the the message of the one true religion uh, even further. For you folks, there is a gentleman who will be providing you. His name is uh, uh, Bouvier with a wonderful map that I am going to be sharing now for you folks to travel. So Bolvier uh, comes to the church where you folks are ready. He hands off the map mm. to you and says, uh, uh, this is the best that I can do when it comes to mapping north of Dewdrop. I do appreciate what you are doing for the church. You're very welcome. Thank you. A lot of question marks on that. Uh, there are. I am uh, what is known as a scaredy cat amongst the community. <laughs> So I tried my best to map as much as I could without throwing myself into immediate, inimmediate, and not-so-grave danger. What is the 
rude keeper? Oh, there is this inn deep within the woods that I tried to stay the night because the sun was falling and I was, how you say, scared. Mm. And I tried to stay at the inn and they refused to let me in. Oh. Hmm. You know, if you're having a hard time with your courage, which it sounds like you are, I think I might have a solution for you. If it is closing my eyes, it does not work. I just keep bumping into trees. No, absolutely not. Um, no, closing your eyes and bumping into trees isn't a good idea. I have a solution. And she pulls a small vial of something green and glowy out of her cloak. And she says, have you heard of Smythe's all-purpose tonic? He kind of gives this expression of curiosity as well as a very small underlying of fear. Uh no, I I have not heard of this. Have you ever heard of snake oil? As in Slovenius? That's right. Oil blessed by our Lord Slovenius himself. Guaranteed to sharpen your mind, sharpen your senses, and open your soul. No more fear for you, my friend. And because you've given us this amazing map... I'm willing to give this to you for just five coppers. Normally I'd charge a silver, but you're a man of the church, so. Uh, <laughs> Bovier kind of looks around and uh, st- softly and slowly reaches into the collection plate and grabs a <laughs> couple of coins uh, and says, you promise this will keep me from being afraid? As long as you believe in Slovenius. You do believe in Slovenius, don't you? Of course I believe in Slovenius. Well, then you have nothing to worry about. This is blessed by him, and via him, you will be blessed. I guarantee that I have said those words. Here you go. Uh, Without even kind of realizing what is happening, he takes the vial and hands you the coins uh, and looks at it, and he goes, So what do I do? Do I drink it? Do I dab it upon my face? That's right. (laughs) You got uh, it. He kind of looks at you and looks down at the uh, the vial and in his confusion just slowly walks away. Sweet. <sighs> you should put that back in the collection plate. Why? Well, because it's not ours. But he gave it to us. But it wasn't his to give. No, that's not my problem. And I mean, my if- favorite kind of problem, <laughs> not my problem. <laughs> How are you guys today? Bronwyn pulls out five copper and puts it in the collection plate. Well, well, that's uh really nice of you. I mean, I just think it's the godly thing to do. I noticed there was a graveyard. Um, maybe we could stop by there and kind of convert and bless the souls that didn't have the opportunity to learn. What do you guys look like? I don't think I was here for the character descriptions. Mm. Yeah, uh, so you see oh, yeah. a uh, a short, portly man in front of you. Um, he's wearing like tattered, um, frayed uh, clothes. You can it's a robe, but underneath it, you can see is like somewhat of a uh, a poorly fitted suit. You know what I mean? Like some, if you saw like a chubby kid wearing a a bad suit you know suit that's too Mm. small for them and it's frayed 
Um, he has curly hair. He um, has a birthmark at the tip of his nose uh, that looks that makes his face look, which already looks really rat-like, even more rat-like. Oh dear. <laughs> but I've come to terms with my birthmark. And what was your name again? Oh, uh, hi. Yeah, my name is uh, Thicker Tease. You can just call me Thick if you'd like. Okay. And I'm Bronwyn Weaver. I'm about 33 years old. I'm a carpenter. I'm very towering, long hair ro- pulled back in like a tight braid, um, rosy skin, square face, but uh, in, in soiled clothing. Uh, I'm very honorable, but I am also quite vengeful. And uh, people tend to think that I am boorish because of my large size and my more kind of, you know, manual labor skills. Um, But so I try to speak precisely and honorably. And I'm very kind of unassuming and humble, but I don't look that way. So I kind of overcompensate. Um, Moralil is short um and um she was she's about 18 but she's very like ferrety and wizened looking so she's either like um a really underfed 15 year old or like a really unlucky 20 year old um yeah very hungry expression and she's wearing clothes that belong to someone of like the previous generation like whatever fashion was in style about 60 years ago that's what she's wearing (laughs) Um, she itches at some new tattoos under her sleeves every now and again, but keeps them mostly hidden. Um, hair tightly braided back, and big dark eyes always taking everything in, always ready with a smile, and never, you know, never too far away from drawing her sickle. She looks hunted and hungry. So you had mentioned a graveyard. If I know right... They're probably some fresh graves, and those people up there—they uh, probably bury their dead with their rings. Now, hear me out, all right? <laughs> Glenn Bell needs good offerings, and we both know this, right? All—all all of us, we can all agree, Glenn Bell needs good offerings. Of course. Keep talking. It's just not right that those rings are sitting six feet below the dirt. I mean, if I knew better, seems like we gotta um, excavate and get said uh, said treasures. <laughs> um, well, I'm sure they well, would give them willingly if they were given the opportunity to learn about Glen Bell. Maybe, maybe not. Hmm. Moralil like leans against the wall and she's like, "That's a mugs game, thick. Rob a grave, you have money once." Convert people, you have money forever. Ah, you know, it's just, you know, in my head, we can't let that, that gold rot. You know what I mean? We can't let that gold rot under the, in that grave. I mean, what are they going to uh, use it for? If you try to rob a grave in broad daylight, I you're going to be rotting in a gibbet. Hey, I agree with you. I agree with you. That's exactly why I'm saying we convert these people, let them know, hey, we got to, it, it's, it's not our choice. This is what Glenn Bell needs. Boom. We have them dig their dead people up, take their rings. I suppose we could ask their surviving family. <laughs> of course. 
for the church. It is at this point in the conversation uh, when Father Picant enters through the front doors of the church, surrounded by a uh, a small team of kind of rough and tumble uh, adventurers, people that you would recognize not in who they are as individuals, but what they are as archetypes, a number of uh, clergymen, a number of mercenaries, and a uh, a number of um, of uh, journeymen and adventurers. They enter in uh, Father Picant in uh, very nice robes that are seen uh, throughout kind of higher members of this hierarchy in the church. Uh, enters in with a walking stick that is uh, wrapped in a serpent with a bell uh, sitting uh, at the very top. As he enters, he says to the people amongst him, as well as you folks, You children, children, are we ready to head north to spread the wonderful gospel of Bell and his servants Livinius? Bronwyn kneels so that she's not taller than him and very piously says yes. In uh, a motion that can be considered uh, uh, apathetic, he goes, uh, Stand, my daughter, there is no reason for you to kneel. Oh, sorry. Moralil kind of like quickly copied you, and then when she saw it wasn't necessary, <laughs> stood up and tried to like make it look like she wasn't copying you. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I gotta stretch. Ooh, hello, father. Uh, he, with his, uh, his hand covered in many rings, he gives you a bit of a, uh, the only way to describe it is a Jacob wave. <laughs> <laughs> That's like very soft and round, um, yeah. an elliptical wave. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, he kind of shuffles towards you and sees and says, I've seen Bonvier's giving you a map up north. That's right, Father. Mm -hmm. I was then, thinking maybe oh, we could convert some of the, the poor souls that didn't have the opportunity to learn about Glen Bell um, at the graveyard, maybe. That was... Bronwyn's very flustered in the presence of a church official. And Father, I thought it was a great idea. Uh, he pats you thick... Uh, on the shoulder hmm. and says, mm, my son, my son, beautiful, wonderful idea. Uh, he then <laughs> turns to the, uh, the other members that had followed him in and says, ready your supplies for soon. We shall head north. Father. Yes. Would you like me to do a quick inventory of the supplies? I'm a very able quartermaster. Mmm, orderliness is closer to gladness. Excellent. And Father, should I play you a nice tune for my kazoo? He tries to smile, but underneath you see a wounded grimace. <laughs> uh, he And he says, We shall be headed into the wilderness, and I do not think... Drawing more attention to ourselves is necessary. Fair enough. Uh, I think he... all Morilil wants to know with the inventory is just what are our chances of survival given the supplies we have? She's not out to steal anything. 
Okay, so uh, given your chances of survival with the size of your uh, your band that will be headed north, um, it looks like uh, if you look at the map, you'll see that there is a, a quick path uh, and a longer path. Quicker path is a little more turbulent, and the longer path is easier to travel. You could definitely make it along the longer path uh, barely. As long as you keep moving forward and only take a certain number of stops, there should be no issue. I'm gonna um, just wave to Bronwyn and Thick. Just say, prayer circle? Yes, always. Absolutely. Uh, prayer circle. Uh, the father kind of goes, mm, to the... Uh, to the thought as he heads outside, back outside the church. I want to dab my mouth to the father. And he dabs back. Okay, Huddle. Um, we only barely have enough supplies for this trip. If anything goes wrong, we're dead. Oh. We'll have to pray often. Yes. I believe there's some, <laughs> uh, some rubes we can pray on, for sure. Oh dear. Are you literally rubbing your hands together thick? We're meant to be praying. <clears throat> I am, yes, of course. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm not here to die out in the mountains. I really need to get paid and get out of here. So, um, do we have time to hit that graveyard before we leave? Ah, so it sounds like you've come to my side about the plans. All right. I like this idea. I'm going to like raise my hand as though I'm praying, but I'm also like buffing the edge of your nose just like to say like stop that. Stop. <laughs> just like not 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 exactly a slap, but like a irritated smush. Noted. Well, it looks like it's on the way, but that's if we take the long way. I think we're taking the long way. It's the easier way. Um, do you think we'll have time to stop? If we don't make time to stop, we will die. <laughs> Okay. Well, not necessarily, but, you know, the chances are, you know, come on, guys. I mean, uh, in, in all my 55 years, I've never taken a risk unnecessarily. I've taken a couple risks, okay? As someone who uh, who's made it this far uh, on a risky life, this is maybe my fourth career. And uh, the biggest risk, biggest, biggest risk of all was going on stage in Billville, all right? Uh whole band it was really hard to follow up right after with the solo kazoo but the thing is i prayed to glenn bell right before i got on stage absolutely killed it boom here i am and how old are you <clears throat> you know i'm just 60 year old man doing his thing oh. there's no such thing as risk when we have glenn bell on our side the bell is not going to toll on this guy not anytime soon Glenn Bell protects those who protect themselves, kiddo. And by the way, she is so obviously younger than you that this is absolute nonsense. <laughs> um, but she like pats you gently on the shoulder and she's like, stick with me. You'll be fine. Uh, it's at that point when uh, the leader of the band, the, the head journeyman, uh, enters the church. Uh, the only way to describe him is he is a meatball of a man. Uh, very short, very stout. You can tell that uh, 
where he gets his clothes from is a big and tall store, but uh, it's big or tall. Or it's big. Uh, yeah, so uh, he's got very, uh, they're supposed to be pants, but they kind of stop at a Capri level. Uh, he's got a rope belt, a vest, uh, and a shirt that you can tell was made originally from a blanket. And that uh, <laughs> it was converted into a shirt because it, he was in dire needs of a shirt and they didn't have proper shirt material. Uh, he enters the church spinning his finger above his head as if rounding, uh, insisting to round up and goes, Okay, you guys, let's go. It's time to head. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> Bronwyn feels bad because she did almost sort of laugh for a moment and turned it into a cough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do it. So uh, as you guys head outside the church, you see the uh, small group. Like I said, it's about, uh, including you guys, it's about uh, 10, 11 people. Um, the, uh, the father has climbed up onto a wagon that has a very comfortable chair. Uh, the best way to describe it is like mm, maybe 12th century Pope mobile. Mm. Um, uh, it, it is being pulled by uh, two very young and scrawny. Um, what would be presumed to be known as dung farmers, AKA shit scrapers in the bigger cities. Uh, they are covered in filth. It is obvious that the concept of a bath is something they have never been introduced to. Uh, and with a bit of a struggle, they get the wagon up and the party starts to head north out of Dewdrop. Uh, the head adventurer who is kind of leading the party. So it's the head adventurer, a couple of the mercenaries, the Pope with the two scrawny shit boys, uh, and then a couple of members of the clergy behind the father. Where would you consider you guys within this, uh, this group? Where would you like to be positioned? Right in the middle. So right before the father. I guess. Wh wh whichever place puts me um, as surrounded by other humans and beings who might be a shield as possible. Okay. And do you two, are you in the same vicinity or are you in different position in this? I think I'm, um, I want to be closer to the front um, okay. to kind of look out and uh, be ready to maybe grab the load from someone if they falter. Uh, I'd like to be closest to the father, if I could. Okay. All right, so uh, it's going to be the leader of the pack, the group of the mercenaries, uh, with Chris's character in there, and then uh, you two, the father, and then his small, uh, his small band of clergymen. So you start to head north. You can see maybe about a mile away is the tree line that leads into the forest, at this moment, everybody is filled with the spirit of the bell or the spirit of Slovenius, depending on the specific small sect they worship within the church. Everybody's kind of murmuring amongst themselves. The leader, the journeyman up front uh, is going on this long 
and very winded explanation of the history of Dewdrop, uh, from the beginning of its founding to the fact that his family has been a member of this community for the last 50 years. Um, you get pieces of it, but Chris, you happen to hear the entire thing, and right now he's going off uh, explaining, you know, one day I'm going to get to the top of that mountain. I'm going to be sitting up there farming a second sister city to do drop. I'm going to call it the glittering drop of dew. It's going to be absolutely beautiful. <laughs> you can see uh, in the mercenaries around you that they have completely checked out and are just letting him <laughs> go on this long, this long winded rant. Oblivious to the fact that everyone wants him to stop talking, Bronwyn asks follow-up questions. <laughs> <laughs> what do you ask? Such as, um, so interesting. So can you tell me more about uh, your family's history in the region? What trades were they skilled in? Well, my great-grandmother is one of the, uh, the founding members happens to be part of the oldest tradition when it comes to any kind of career. She was a cobbler. Oh. Building shoes, building all kinds of shoes. High heels, short heels, wide shoes, narrow shoes, open-toed, closed-toed, open heel. And I know what you're thinking. Who would want an open heel shoe? I don't know, but people wanted them. <laughs> and then spends Marilou about the- closes her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like she he, might literally be pulling her hair just like silent screaming of frustration <laughs> uh, after about uh, 30 minutes of describing his great grandmother cobbler uh, as well as different types of shoes and the fact that his family before they came and f uh, helped found Dewdrop were famous cobblers that built uh, that allegedly made shoes for Glenn Bell, uh, for Glenn Bell Jr. <laughs> uh, for Glenn Bell Jr. as well as uh, Glenn Bell. Uh, oh. that, that's how long their family has been in the cobbling business. Uh, he then goes in a second uh, smaller tangent expa explaining that uh, while his uh, father's side is a line of cobblers, his mother's side come from a long line of uh, uh, masonry workers specifying in cobblestone, giving the joke, <laughs> giving the joke cobbler and cobbling. <laughs> I'm going to turn to Thick and say, like, under my breath, you know, for a cobbler, he's really fucking with my soul. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, a couple of the uh, mercenaries in front of you hear that joke and kind of giggle amongst themselves. Uh, and the father behind you is snoring because within 10 minutes of this travel, he is already asleep. <laughs> Maybe I should go find water when we stop. As well as, you know, my amazing all-purpose tonic, like... Morilil normally tries harder with that, but she's just, like, depleted. Um, <laughs> the amazing all-purpose tonic, which cures all ills. I'm also a dowser, which is why they fucking hired me, let me be honest. I mean, why it sounds like, sounds like a good tonic. Um, you know, I don't know, I needed a change of pace. Um, you a criminal? You know, I wouldn't call myself a criminal. I'd say I'm just trying to survive, you know? 
Um, but this fucking dude. So get this. I had a little thing back down in. Um, wait, in wait, Glen wait, Cove. wait. She puts her hand on your arm and she's like, "I'm about to die of boredom." You're right. You know Please. what? Let me play you some some kazoo. No, just, I want to hear what happened, but I just don't want it to be, just please, just tell me, like, fine, fine. the condensed version. Okay. So this one guy down in um, Glen Cove, all right? He sets up this bed. All in all, he gets the score before me. I'm disgraced. I pick up the trumpet. Don't really like the trumpet. You know, my lips don't really, um, don't really adhere to the, the mouthpiece. You know what I mean? So I oh, pick I up the kazoo. Oh, I found water! Woo! <laughs> um, she's gonna run on the head. <laughs> Am I actually try dowsing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do uh, I find it, anything? <laughs> when uh, I actually make an effort. <laughs> yes, because you guys have been traveling for about an hour. Uh, you do find water, uh, and it is a large body of water uh, off to the east. It is a uh, about about the size of a pond. It's like in between pond and lake. Uh, but you are able to find uh, pockets of uh, underground water that are part of the channel that fill, or one of the channels that uh, fill other lakes from this pond. I'll use my eye stone to see if it's clean. Um, here, let's see. Uh, it's definitely clean enough. Okay, found water, guys. It's clean, relatively clean. Father, can you bless this for us? Uh, with a quick, uh, <laughs> uh, the father uh, snaps out of his sleep. He dabs, does a couple of motions with his hands, and uh, starts to fall asleep as the motions trail off. Who all goes get some water? Because I'm going to stay on the cart. I actually kind of want to get closer to the father's cart. I'm going to go uh, get water. Yeah, so, are we filling uh, buckets and stuff? Um, uh, so mercenaries are filling um, water skins. Okay. Because you can tell that uh, the mercenaries and the journeymen understand the importance of water. So um, they each have about two water skins with them to make sure everybody on the trip will have access to water. Cool. Good. I can't carry buckets. My, my lumbago acts up. <laughs> Um, but is who's all around the father in the car? Uh, so right now it's the acolytes and uh, the two little shit boys. Okay. Okay. Then I'll wait. Okay. I'm gonna go this... to the water. Yes. Okay. You're stronger than me. Maybe you could, you know, since I found it, you could help me pick it up. Sure. Uh, so one of the mercenaries uh, hands off two water skins, one for each of you. Uh, so if you want to put water skin in your uh, inventory, if you have yes. room. I do have room, but that makes me completely full. Okay. So that makes my HP zero? Yes. Is that correct? Okay. Yeah, you're considered encumbered. Uh, if you want to, I'm just going to encourage, there is the the palpal wagon that you can mm. maybe try to hide something on. Okay. Um, shall we store some water reserves in the wagon? 
for anyone who needs extra? Marlon looks at you and she's like, what's your deal, Bronwyn? I don't have a deal. What do you mean? You know, the whole, oh, Glenn Bell. Oh my God, he's so great. Oh my God, that wouldn't ring my bells. Oh, look at the clapper <laughs> inside me. Oh my gosh, I'm so brassy. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't think I would be alive or here today if not for my faith. So I guess if that's how you'd like to describe it. You'll s oh. Do you not believe? I don't have to because he's real. Nothing, no faith required. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just like my amazing Smythe's all-purpose potion. Don't buy it from me yet. Let's see how things go at the end of the trip, okay? Okay, I don't really, uh, I don't know, imbibe in substances or potions or alcohol or anything like that. So um, I'll, I'll probably just watch you enjoy it. It's not magic. It's just holy oil. The bottles glow. The contents don't. Just between you oh, and me. Oh, okay. Well, then I might consider it. She tap, grabs your arm. She's like, wait, no, seriously? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I don't know what response you want from me. Bronwyn is, is kind of panicked and blunt at this point. Why, why are you Why are you on this uh, mission? Because I was asked to. Holy fuck. I, I mean, why are you on this mission? Because... I suppose... Oh! You know what? I reckon... Um... As a matter of fact, um, when you look at it this way, and she just walks away. Uh, <laughs> with I'll grab that, your water. Yeah, uh, with that, the journeyman goes, everybody watered up! Uh, doing the uh, the finger thing again to try to round everybody back together. Out of game, I love the journeyman. This is, <laughs> this is an amazing addition to this. <laughs> I, yeah, Bronwyn will grab uh, both mine and your water and kind of take it back and oh, encumberedly bring it to the wagon and sort of put it there. Uh, so you folks start to head out again. Uh, after about uh, a half hour of walking, the tree line of the forest becomes closer and closer. Uh, I also want to specify that the tree line goes out pretty far, as far as the eye can see. Uh, going out west, wrapping around past. So essentially you've walked past part of where like the forest begins in a different area. You're still in a mm -hmm. plain. To the left is the entire mountain range of Mount Baja going up basically as far as the eye can see as well. Uh, when you get to the tree line, the journeyman pulls out Beauvoir's map and starts to kind of go over it and uh, turns towards everyone and goes... So are we going to do this the easy way or the hard way? Easy way. I don't know if that's a trick question, but I'm inclined to say the easy way. Uh, a number of other people. There's a couple of mercenaries that say the hard way. These are very, like, uh, rough and tumble edgy. 
kind of mercenaries. Uh, the rest of gloves. Yeah, fingerless gloves. Uh, one of them has eyeliner. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Cut uh, my life into pieces. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the journeyman shouts out to the father. Father, what are you thinking? Easy or hard? The father snaps up for uh, a brief second from his nap and goes, Easy! slowly drifting back away into his sleep where the journeyman goes Whoo! and then pulls up his pants a little bit over his stomach turns back around, folds up the map puts it in his pocket and you finally breach the barrier of the forest. Uh, instantaneously things are significantly darker. This forest does not see a lot of human travel. You start to head down the path uh after about a couple of minutes in uh each of you get this creeping chill throughout the entire party there is definitely something significantly off about this forest uh almost to the point where it feels hostile or unwelcoming uh with that i'm gonna have each of you roll a strength test Due to this creeping chill. I go to six. And my strength is nine. Okay. I got a four and my strength is eight. Okay. I got a 13 and my strength is 14. Oh, all right. Nice. (laughs) Almost Um, got got. Bronwyn's all freaked out. So, uh... One or two of the mercenaries, uh, including the uh, the one with the fingerless gloves and the uh, the eyeliner, uh, he kind of turns uh, towards you, Bronwyn, and uh, asks a couple of the mercenaries. He's like, "Does this force feel off to you?" And one or two of them kind of nod in agreement. Uh, they then turn to the journeyman and they go, "You know what? Money's not good enough." And head back the way uh, that you all came in. If you're leaving, um, before you go, would you like to try some of my... Oh, fuck. We're going. Should I run after them? Nah, it's probably not worth it. The only light that can shine through this forest is the light of Glen Bell. I do agree with you. have to remember that. Yeah. That's why... That's why it's so dark here. Is it's that dark light hasn't Glenn shown? Bell wants a proper s- stage. No, because his light hasn't shown through yet. So that I'm being I'm being inspirational. Oh yeah, sorry, Bronwyn. It, it's okay. <laughs> Bronwyn's frustrated. She tries to articulate herself well, but it didn't go that great. Welcome to my life. So the uh, the caravan continues on for maybe about uh, another hour. This is when the party gets to the divide in the road, the fork in the road. Uh, there, To the left is a path uh, that is significantly less traveled. The uh, foliage on it is denser. The path isn't as noticeable. Uh, and then to the right is a clearer path that there are a number of, a number of cart tracks. 
that I've gone through. It's not necessarily like a perfect walking path, but it's definitely the easier of the two paths that you're presented with. The journeyman looks to the left and looks to the right and to the left again and to the right and then pulls out the map, looks down at the map, does a coarse kind of slap across it, puts the map back in his pocket and then heads right. Does that match what we saw on the map? Yes. Okay. The journeyman <sighs> is definitely taking the uh, the longer but easier path. Uh, I am comforted by the signs of cart tracks, even if it's minimal. Now this guy knows a map. <laughs> can I? Can, no, I, I just had an idea. It was really silly. I was like, I want to gather up like pale colored pebbles and leave them in the trail behind us um, yeah no absolutely if that's what you want to do oh yeah yeah okay. um like when I, I i'm just gonna get like anything like chalk or quartz or pale limestone or anything just like grab a bundle of them not ask for permission just put them on the cart um and start leaving them behind us at like an either uh, you know every couple of paces what are you doing? Um, just trying to leave a trail in case we need to find our way back. Oh, that's smart. I mean, there's cart tracks, you know. There's stuff in this woods. Um, stuff in these hills that don't really want us there. Oh. So uh, <clears throat> all of the security measures. Are, all the security measures. <laughs> all of them. Every single one. All the time. So what, are you afraid of the puppy monkey baby? You know, he's not, they, they talk about him in Mount, Mount Baja, but he's not real. You know that, right? Um, have you, I, have you not heard of the story of the puppy monkey baby? Is it a scary story? <laughs> no. Uh, I'm more of the looks around. like. <laughs> so the way the story goes, okay. The way the story goes is the puppy monkey baby was the right hand fiend of Glenn Bell, all right? And when he got too close uh, to Slovenius and he built that um, that church upon the hill over there and, ah, shit, <laughs> I'm really showing how poor I am in scripture, but all in all, um, the puppy monkey baby tried to steal some sauces and was cast out to, like, Mount Baja, uh, where he roams the, like, I don't know, the the panhandle of the, the land of yum, you know, taking people and uh, converting them into mumpy, mucky puppy babies. Ah, uh, yeah. What does it look like? It's a m m monkey puppy baby. I don't know. It's, uh, it it's at that point, the journeyman chimes in and goes, ah, the puppy monkey baby. Mm, I've seen one of them. You said it wasn't real. Oh, the puppy monkey baby is very real. And it kills people? No, it just turns them into puppy monkey babies. What the fuck? That, it's something that's half puppy, half monkey, half baby. Yeah, so it what has half? like a... Wait, how can it be three halves? So it has like baby legs. It has baby legs, all right? It has like a, a, a monkey body and arms and tail with a puppy face. I feel like, like I would have heard of this by now if this were real. Yeah, and it's three halves. That's exactly how scary it is. 
Morilil looks her age for once. 18. Not happy. And she's like, could you tell a nicer story, please, now? Um, it said that the only thing to get the monkey puppy baby away is, uh, what, uh, some fucking dog. I don't know. The scriptures were, were rough. Uh, I haven't the... heard that one before, and I think I've read all the scriptures. Sounds like you haven't. <clears throat> yeah, that's, uh, the journeyman goes, there's a second book. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, he goes, for a lot of people who don't know, Slovenius has his own book, you see. For some reason, Slovenius and Glenn Bell don't get along. Uh, it's in that moment, uh, complete silence. The mercenaries uh, in front of you, uh, Brunwyn, stop. Kind of like quick, and everybody kind of bumps into each other. Um, Brunwyn, since you're the closest, uh, mm -hmm. I assume you kind of go to take a peek, I would yeah. assume. Uh, it's at this moment you see that a uh, a sinkhole uh, that was on the ground and goes kind of an infinite depth, or at least so it seems within the shadows of the forest, has swallowed up the journeyman. Oh, fuck. I wonder what he was going to say. <laughs> Can we still hear his voice? Is he still calling? Uh, silence is coming from the hole. What happens if I throw a rock into it? Silence. You don't hear any kind of uh, uh, rumbling. Or you do at first as it smacks around the uh, the walls as it's kind of going down. The Does anyone have rope? No. I don't think we're going to save him. It's okay. He was already saved. There you go. That's the only comfort um, we can find in this. Are there tracks on the other side of the hole? Like, has anyone made it over? Yeah. Uh, the hole, surprisingly enough, is only about uh, two feet in <laughs> uh, diameter. It was almost like uh, it was perfect meatball size. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. Did it open up because he was talking about you-know-who? Puppy Monkey Baby? No, the oh, other ones. Well, don't talk about it. I'm going to play a small tune um, in his memory. And I grab my kazoo from around my neck. And I would <laughs> like to play him a small tune. Uh, with this small tune, uh, the father gets out from his wagon. It takes him uh, about a good 30 seconds to get down. Uh, he walks up to the, uh, to the hole and looks down and goes, Oh, what a shame. Ashes to ashes. Nacho dust to nacho dust. Uh, he then kind of looks around and surveys the forest and looks down at the hole and goes, We shall continue on around the hole. <laughs> walks back to his cart and, uh, and climbs in. And then, uh, adamantly once again goes pointing to the mercenaries around the hole let's tip him in what what no nothing <laughs> um, <laughs> um we don't have um, a map 
that's true. I mean, I have a worn map in my inventory, but I don't know if it's for this bit of the world. I mean, no one on here, no one else in our um, in our little troop uh, knows this area. Only the dude with the high voice. Uh, one of the mercenaries goes, uh, uh, Bovier knows the way through here because he is the only one who has been brave enough to, uh, to search around, but, uh, uh, Bonvier is incredibly sick and was not able to join us on the journey. Oh, no. Who's the one who made the map? What, 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 he really should have taken my, uh, all-purpose tonic sooner. Would have kept him safe from the sickness. Agues, shakes, apoplexy. I will say. Fugues. What was the rush? What, what was the rush? What was the rush to get out here? You know, why Why couldn't we, we, we have waited for Bolver? Uh, that the father kind of leans forward in his wagon and uh, says, To the north of Dewdrop is a village of non-believers, and we believe it is important to share the gospel of Glen. I mean, Father, I totally agree with you, but, you know, time and place, you know, if we're not well-suited, uh, like, well-equipped uh, to go up to the, you know, the, the, the village, then, I mean, how many, how many people are we going to lose? As many people as it takes for us to spread the name of Glen Bell Jr. with his servant, the serpent, Slavinius. We shall be fine. We shall carry on. We shall prevail in the name of the holy. I want to lean into Morlil and uh, uh, say, uh, you decided to come on this journey at a really bad time it seems like it seems like we all and you haven't you know i've kind of lived a long life so have i i'm 65 okay (laughs) young man but i agree with you did you notice that he didn't actually answer your question yeah that's kind of the way these these fathers and politicians do and yeah yeah isn't it funny how uh and by the way she says this quietly so just thick and maybe bronwyn can hear isn't it funny how these people like lead their expeditions into the wilderness and it's all like oh yeah that's a sacrifice i'm willing to make that being your life and the lives of your loved ones <sighs> yeah that that's kind of what i'm like like up to this point, I've been like kind of knocking doors and, you know, talking to people, uh, converting them that way. Uh, this is my first time getting into the thick of it, if you will. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's kind of my attitude about this right now. <clears throat> I didn't really you're thick and you're thick. Yeah, no, that's why I said that. Um, Oh, I thought you just said that to hurt me. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> That's the unhappiest laugh I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> At this point, Thick is kind of like thinking about some of his past like discretions and like 
maybe being a missionary just like isn't worth it for him. And it wasn't the fourth the fourth career he was looking forward to. How about you, Bronwyn? How's the faith holding up? I just think that if you guys aren't going to take this seriously, then maybe you should turn around. Oh, there you go. I. What? You literally just said that you thought this was a bad idea, and now you're like, oh, there you go. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I agree with you. I agree with her. Maybe we should turn around and um, cut our losses. Not we. You. And? I know my faith will carry me through this journey, and if you don't have faith in that, then maybe yours won't. Love the tenacity, honestly. But you gotta think about it, all right? They're not sending us well-equipped up there. I mean, uh, Morley, uh, Morlil, you you saw the inventory. Like, mm. I don't know. I just... <clears throat> I've seen the resources they have, and, you know, they're kind of sending us up there with slim pickings. That man's a martyr maker. Well, I'd rather die a martyr than live a coward. Uh, the father hears that exchange of uh, martyr maker and uh, willing to be martyred uh, and then points to Brunwyn uh, and says, It is attitudes like that that carry on the great name of Zibel. Thank you, father. Uh, Morilil do- looks bitter. <laughs> like, as bitter as earwax. Uh, do any of you want to lead the party, or would you like one of the other mercenaries to attempt to lead? I will not. Hang on a sec. Standing up that long, like, really, like, fucks with my lumbago, so. Bronwyn doesn't or... really think she's equipped. I don't think that would, like, cross her mind to try to lead the group. Yeah, does having a spyglass help, or is that useless in the forest? Uh, it's pretty useless in a forest. Unless you're looking for birds, I assume. <laughs> Might be fine. Nah. Um, no, I'm, I'm not going to lead. Okay. Me neither. Okay. You know, I'm 67 years old. My eyesight's <laughs> not great. <laughs> I love that you just keep going with an older and older age. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'm only 107 um, years old. Uh... <laughs> one of the uh mercenaries goes eh, i got a good look at the map so uh uh if memory serves me right we head uh this way and uh begins to guide the caravan i leave the stones at a smaller interval and every time we stop or pause i collect more Okay. Like, I want it to be, like, the line of a map behind us. Okay. Uh, if you're inventory, then, if you could just put small stones for me, please. Got it. And, Bronwyn, you put my drink on the, on the cart, right? Mm-hmm. That's important. Hyd- hydration is is something the bell strongly encourages. Thank you. Nice. Uh, I would like I'm going to have some water. To lean into the father and say, uh, with all of these people suddenly uh, expiring, if you will, uh, don't you think it'd be wise to like maybe set up a, a will like if they die along the way of this journey, the church gets their uh, gets their belongings, you know? Uh, the father places his hand softly on your forehead uh, and says, oh, child, don't you know that that is already in your contracts? Oh, but what if, even what? these mercenaries? All of you. OK, good. I was just, I was worried, you know. 
softly pats. Uh, can I kiss the father's uh finger or like rings? Yeah, like hands. Uh, yeah, he. Uh, it's almost expected of you when you do it. Okay, and none of like the gems feel loose, right? Are you? Yeah, if. <laughs> He's gonna suck his fingers. Are you like tonguing his finger? Uh, I am. <laughs> I am going to get these gems. Well, let's pull... hope he believes in toilet paper. Um, <laughs> what is that? That's like uh, Robin Hood, right? Yeah. Where the uh, they uh, they're kissing they... the 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 lion's uh, yeah rings, and they're getting all the gems. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna have you do a um. Because I assume you're flicking with your tongue. I'm going to have you roll a <laughs> yeah. dexterity. Okay. Uh, dexterity at a minus one. Okay. Your oral dexterity. I got a, <laughs> I got a 20. No. Uh, oh, no. So oh, no. you go to with your tongue to test to see if any of the jewels are loose. Uh, and immediately just slip your tongue in between <laughs> the uh, the fingers of the father uh, running up and down the fleshy bit in between the fingers. Uh, the father looks at you confused uh, and kind of disgusted and, and goes... Uh, it's a good thing he's sitting down. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He goes... Uh, uh, I do not know if the customs out west may be a little bit different, but uh, here in the northeast, that is, uh, how you say, uh, unacceptable and disgusting. Father, all right? I'm just looking for extra seasoning. That's all I'm looking for. Thank you. Uh, he then points to the group of mercenaries and says, uh, uh, please, if you can walk... Uh, at the distance away from me, I would uh, greatly appreciate. <laughs> I'm gonna comply with the father and and go up to next to uh, um, uh, uh, Brunwyn. Okay. Um, I'm so, gonna go and stand with them guys because at least they're funny, you know. Um, <laughs> and Brunwyn's strong, and I'm just gonna like give you a comforting pat on the shoulder, thick. You saw I'm that. I'm not gonna say anything. Um, I heard it. <laughs> yeah. Very wet. What happened? <laughs> um, is that a custom where you're from? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it's something we do with with all of our fathers. So the thing is, they teach is the father has extra seasoning in between his paws. You know what I mean? So you want to get that extra lick in there. You're even holier. You ever read that in the scripture? I'm learning no, a lot of new not in the damn today. scripture. All right. Uh, I, a, a I, I'm sorry goes, for what you went through. It was a good idea, Thick. Okay. <laughs> uh, when you bring up the the extra scripture, and uh, Brunwell says no, one of the mercenaries goes, "Remember a second book." <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. What's all this about a second book? I'll get those gems. There's a uh, scripture according to Slovenius amongst uh, some of its its followers. When it comes to the church, there are those who focus on the bell, and then there are many who believe that Slovenius is actually the holier of the two, and that bell is actually the adversary uh, within 
the church, or less the adversary, but more of an opposing force to Slovenius in that it's the two of them that create the duality that exists within our okay, universe. I, I just want to make sure there aren't going to be any holes opening up in front of him, because I'm scared that, like, blaspheming <laughs> makes the ground eat you in this forest. So uh, as he speaks, I keep my eye on the ground. And, yeah, nothing forms. And what time of day is this? Uh, right now, we are headed towards dusk. You folks have been traveling for roughly about five hours. Okay. God, I'm knackered. Oh, oh I'm feeling all of my 58 years. Uh, <laughs> um, but thank you for asking because the sun is slowly starting to set. You folks have roughly about a half hour of uh, sunlight left. Let's Should we make Shall we set camp? up camp? Yeah. Yes. Hell yes. I'd help, Ugh. but you know, I got a I got a thing going on right now. So, um, just wherever you guys set up a tent, that's where I'll be. Thank you. Thank you, sister. Don't lick anybody. Only doing what Glenn Bell wants us to, right? We can take care of the weaker members of our congregation. Th- thank you, sister. Oh my God. You're going to actually fucking convert me, Bronwyn. Marla looks at you resentfully. <laughs> Wouldn't that be an interesting arc? <laughs> um, so uh, did you want to set up camp here or move a little bit further into, uh, into the, down the path before setting up? Now there's a leading um, question from the DM. Right. <laughs> what does... <laughs> I guess, what does it look like? Is the density of trees pretty consistent throughout? Um, yes. Yes. The density of trees is uh, is roughly the the same throughout, or at least it has seemed that way during the about three to four hours you folks have spent in the woods proper. Are we close to the rude keeper? Um, that is... A good question. Um, go ahead and roll a uh, a will check. Okay. At disadvantage. Cool. So far, so good. <laughs> oh yeah! I rolled right. a three and a seven, and my will is a nine. Okay, fantastic. Nice. Um, so. You believe it may be close, at least according to the map, it seems fairly close. Mm-hmm. Um, what you do notice is um, as as you're looking around to try to fig- to suss out like how close you are to this inn, um, you do see two folks coming down from the opposite end of the trail. So the trail kind of goes off for a bit. And then wraps around, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like uh, to the right, and you do see two folks kind of coming around, but instead of turning and heading down the path towards y'all, uh, seem to go into the forest. Fellow travelers, hmm. I wonder where they're headed. You mean converts? We can we can convert these pe- people. Yeah. Stop licking people. I'm not licking anybody, all right? You'll be able to enunciate better if you keep your tongue in your mouth. 
I think Bronwyn now kind of sees you as sort of a weak older man who just licks fingers. Right, and can't rightfully move so. Right, rightfully so, for sure. <laughs> she started almost a condescending pity. <laughs> that tra- it tracks. <laughs> um, these people. What do they look? No, wait. I wasn't even the one who saw them. Never mind. Yeah. We must be close to the inn on the map. Do you remember I asked about the the rude keeper? But, like, what do they look like, Bronwyn? Do they look stabby? Or cool? Um, so, Bronwyn, just to let you know, you couldn't yeah. get, with it starting to darken, you were uh, more just able to see the uh, the figures, the shapes themselves, as opposed to any specific detail, since they were still about uh, mm-hmm. a third to a quarter mile out. If we want to, a few of us could scout ahead and see maybe if we're close, see where those people were going. If that is actually a building, that might be easier than trying to make camp, especially with some elderly members of our party. Yeah. Well, I think that's silly, Bronwyn, because we're safe now. And those people might not want to be followed. And if we follow them, they might kill us or something or eat our faces. And, um... I know it's not easy to make camp, but it's better to be around people who aren't going to eat your face. That or they can tell us how far we are from the root keeper. Oh, they could... You... (sighs) She puts her face in her hands and she's like, what part of there are things in this forest that want us dead did you guys not understand? Maybe I'm just a little more optimistic. Sue me, all right? Well, well then perhaps... Uh, You're broke. Why would I It'd be best not to sleep in the forest. Yeah. I just don't think it's a good idea to talk to strangers. You could stay at the cart. I definitely want to go talk to these people and see how far we are uh, from the root keeper. All right, I'm going to stay here. And We're here without die, a map. These are the only people we've seen in a really long time, and they might be able to help point us in the right direction, and I'm willing to take that risk. I'll go with you. I'll okay. miss you guys. Oh, you don't, wanna, you don't want to sell us some tonics before we go? No, your money and your possessions will be enough. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. All right. Bye. <laughs> I'm going to help set up camp. I'm going to kind of inform the mercenaries um, that we're just going to scout ahead and see, just kind of inform them of what we've seen. Um, okay. See if maybe one of them wants to come with us. Okay. Um. Let's see. I'm going to pull my staff out of the wagon and use it as like a walking stick. Um, okay. Through this, uh, through these woods. Um, two of the mercenaries agree to go with you. They think it's a good idea to play a numbers game. Mm-hmm. Uh, since uh, you informed them that there were two people, they figure that four should be more than enough. Uh, to keep things going. So you folks, uh, head down about like I said, a third to a quarter, a quarter to a third mile down, and when you look. To your left, you see a small trail. Um, this one is uh, a little more um, uh, traveled upon than uh, the beginning of the trail when you folks entered the forest. This is a footpath that is clear and precise to the point where there are a couple of stones that are laid into the dirt mm. to make traveling because it goes up a little bit of a hill and makes it easier um, to go. Wow, a real trail. 
Yeah, so these people are probably locals. Well, definitely locals if there's a trail. Yeah. <clears throat> and I... Uh, as this a, is as a good sign, Glenn Bless. Glenn Bless. I dab my, my mouth to you. Um, I appreciate your optimism. It's it's refreshing, I should say. Well, thank you. I didn't always have it, so something I try hard to maintain. Oh, yeah. I, I talked to uh, many people who've converted who, uh, who feel the same way that you do. Uh, maybe it's... In my age, I'm a little more cynical uh, when it comes to uh, Glenn Bell and what they do. But I, I do see that the church helps a lot of people. And uh, hopefully, you know, you can help help these uh, poor godless folk up here. Yeah. And one day, if you're ever brought low enough, I think you might come back to us more wholeheartedly. Oh, hey, I, has, I'm, I'm a professional, okay? When I'm in the village, I am... Boom, boom, boom. You know, all Glenn Bell. Oh, I'm I'm a little more skeptical in private, if you understand. Okay. Because as far as I'm concerned, the church provides me with, you know, housing, food, all that good stuff. So I can, I, I have no problem uh, spewing their, their stuff. They're good people for the most part. I, I understand your age may have affected your speech, but I'm going to uh, take you at face value and uh, look for the best in what you've just said. So uh, you and the two other mercenaries travel down this footpath. Um, it takes about 20 minutes until in the distance you see, and I am sharing a picture of it in the one-shot chat, um, this kind of... Uh, oh. Average-sized inn. Uh, off in the distance, with the sun now setting uh, behind it, um, you see that there are lights on, and the two people that were there earlier have just entered, and the door shuts behind them. Oh, well, we should definitely go back okay. to the to the the um, convoy and. Inform them that the end's right the here. Mill. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one... I... Go ahead. Oh, um, perhaps some of us can inquire about the room and services they offer, and the others can go back and tell the rest of the group? Sure, you and I will go talk to the people at the end, and mercenary friends, if you could inform them um, that uh, we found the end. The mercenaries nod in agreement. One of them goes... I think it would be best if only one of us travel back to let the rest of the caravan know and one of us go with you because once again a numbers game is very important oh my friend we are people of the cloth all right we've we've been in several sticky situations I assume uh, knocking doors in uh, uh, the areas yeah you know what I'm saying uh, so yeah it's cool I think we'll be good uh, the second mercenary, the smaller of the two, uh, small, very kind of thin and uh, equally as rat-like as thick, but on the uh, the opposite end of the body spectrum goes, I don't trust anyone. I'm staying with you. Okay, we can also ask and then I'll go back as a group. That's fine. There you go. No, that's an idea. I was just trying to utilize the bell tenant of efficiency. Um but sometimes that is not always out. 
sometimes our group must be fully loaded with added potatoes. <laughs> You're here. So you guys are going to approach the... Uh, the inn. The inn? Yes. So you come to the inn. One thing that you, um, you all four of you immediately notice is that the door is made of iron. There are mm. a few dents um, in the door pressing outward. Oh. As if, yeah, as if something inside had hit the inside of the door, bellowing it out. Um, the small rat of a man uh, immediately starts pounding on the door uh, softly, but very quick. A sliding window of the of the door opens up and you see a set of eyes as well as being hit with the smell of dog wet dog uh, you know the smell of, of grime and dirt and water and shit hits you immediately with oh. the sliding open of the of, of the view window the person behind the door goes palms Palms? Palms. Show me your palms. Palm, palm, palms. Uh, one of the mercenaries, the taller of the mercenaries shows his palms uh, as well. The shorter rat-like mercenary goes, I don't trust anyone. My friend, just show him your paws. Your palms. Uh, uh, he turns towards you and goes, <clears throat> and puts up one hand. The person behind the door kind of scans and then goes, no vacancy and closes the uh, the sliding view uh, viewfinder. Can I? Bronwyn knocks. Oh, there you go. Oh, sorry. What? No, I was gonna do the same thing. So please go ahead. Cool. Uh, he slides it open again and goes. I told you, no vacancy. Um, even if you don't have vacancy, do you have time for a question or two? Uh, the. You see the eyes kind of scan the horizon and then looks back at you and goes, Quick! Uh, are you very full? Do you have a lot of clientele right now? There's no vacancy. We just haven't seen anyone else traveling, and that would be wonderful if we got to meet some fellow people that were passing through these woods, or maybe if you have a map. The... Uh... Door slides shut real quick. Uh, you hear some murmuring from behind the door. Since it's iron, it's very difficult to pick up exactly what is being said. The viewfinder slides open again, and they say, Gold, how much? Um, one? One? Uh, and then it slides closed uh, again, and with that, uh, it slides open, and before we continue here, I am going to jump back to Morilil. Uh, what are you doing with the rest of the caravan? Um, are we all set up for the night? Uh, you are starting to get set up. Uh, tents are being built uh, along the small clear parts within the foliage of uh, alongside of the path. Uh, the father's uh, sitting in his cart as somebody like assemble as the two shit boys assemble a tent 
above him over the cart. Okay. Um, well, I'd want to make sure, number one, that things are being put up properly. So the tents don't like collapse and leap. Mm. Number two, I'd want to know whether or not a guard's being set. Um, and number three, if they need help, like building a fire to make dinner, I'll do that. Okay. Uh, so the mercenaries have discussed amongst themselves that they will be taking turns two people at a time, uh, because the group or the tents are being set up on either side of the road, about three feet away from it. So it's relatively close to the road. Uh, mm. On each side, there will be somebody awake and uh, keeping keeping watch. Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to uh, gathering the fire or to uh, making the fire, uh, they realize that they've brought they've brought torches, but they didn't bring firewood. So they do need somebody to gather firewood around the camp. And essentially um, ask if you would be willing to do that. Try to find some loose. Uh, what are the shit boys doing? Uh, they're building the tent for uh, the father. Well, I'm not doing it on my own. Uh, one of the one of the mercenaries agrees to go with you. What's your name, mercenary? Merv. Uh, Moralil Smythe. Uh, he kind of uncomfortably doesn't know if, like, he should shake your hand or, or bow or curtsy. Just, uh, she bows. He does a very um, quick bow back. Okay. Um, we are going to stay within earshot of the party. Okay? Sounds good. In fact, if you can't see the party, you've gone too far. We don't cut branches from the trees, we take them from the ground. And if you see a branch that rattles, it's trying to kill you. What? Like a rattles a rattlesnake. Oh. oh. Uh, how long have you been out here? Says Moralil, looking I think she is glad that she didn't go to the inn, but she is worried about um Thick and Bronwyn. Um it's making her kinda crabby. Uh, so she's like, so how long have you been out here in the wilderness? Uh, six hours. I mean, how long have you been out here in the panhandle? Oh, in the panhandle. Uh, 36 hours. Where are you from? Out east. Villeville. Hmm. Okay. If I were you, I would leave the panhandle as soon as you safely can. Just between the two of us. Sounds good. Uh, it's at this moment you realize he is a very simple individual. Okay. Right. How are we doing of the gathering of firewood? Uh, so you have... Uh, I'm going to say you spend... You spend maybe about 20 minutes gathering wood. Um, at this point, and I'm going to post this picture uh, as well, you come across this small box... That has been, uh, the only way to describe it is purposefully hidden amongst, uh, some twigs and dry leaves. Hmm. So for the folks at home, it's a small wooden box with three symbols carved into it. They look kind of like a pair of compasses or maybe a letter A. 
like the masonry symbol a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just to let you know, this box is maybe about um, a foot and a half by a foot and a half by about uh, 10 inches. So it's a relatively large box, but it isn't a huge, huge kind of chest. It's like uh, maybe about a, like a fancy cigar box size. Okay, I turn to Merv and I'm like, have you got uh, a weapon on you? Uh, he points to the dagger that's sitting on his belt. Um, I'm going to use a big stick to hold the box down. Why don't you use a, a dagger to open the box? Sounds good. Uh, he grabs his dagger and kind of starts wedging it into the uh, uh, that spot where there seems to be kind of a bizarre lock. Mm. And after about a good minute of prying, the lock breaks and the box pops open. Mm -hmm. Inside of the box is a about an eight inch long silver dagger. Three wooden snakes. Or three wooden stakes. I'm sorry, three wooden stakes. Uh, and a uh, a symbol that resembles Slovenius, but is not Slovenius. It's definitely a serpent symbol, but it isn't the modern interpretation of Slovenius that everybody knows. Okay, so it's a silver dagger, a symbol of Slovenius, and three wooden stakes. Mm -hmm. Well, I say to Merv, you know, since you did all the hard work, you can have three things and I'll take two things. I take the dagger and the symbol. Uh, Merv grabs the stakes and goes, I can finally put up my tent. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, and I will, um, using like a bandana or a piece of cloth, pick up the box and take that as well. And they say, Merv. Yeah. Don't tell anyone about this. Sounds good. If you can keep a secret, I will give you a, a double portion bottle of my all-purpose tonic for only one silver normally a gold uh he reaches into his pocket and pulls out a piece of silver so, uh pulls out a piece of gold and goes all i have is gold is that okay it's fine you can have four bottles how's that sound sounds good and give him four little bottles of oil and i'm like all right that's this was good merv let's go hunting again sometime Sounds good. He pops open one of the bottles and chugs it down immediately. Oh, you're going to get the shits if you do that. Ah, fuck. <laughs> it's oil, Merv. It's oil. You can't drink uh, that much in one go. He looks at you confused, not really grasping the concept, uh, and then goes, So we should head back to camp? Y yeah, run. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. And he books Did they dig a latrine yet? <laughs> uh he just books it towards camp. Oh lord. I'm gonna run after him and just pray that they've dug a poop hole. Uh with that we are going to jump back to thick to thick in Brunwin. Uh the uh the view the view slot slides open again. Uh and they hand off a uh, uh, a sheet of uh, like a, a, fold, a folded little note to you through the fingers yep. uh, with uh, uh, and the tip of uh, the fingers. 
uh, you can see uh, the back of this individual's hand is severely scarred. Uh, there were a, a number of lacerations that have happened. Um, the tip of the ring finger is missing. Uh, the, fo- the fingernails are bruised and blackened uh, from uh, countless upon countless uh, injuries and trauma. Do you, do you believe in Glenn Bell? Uh, the person behind the door goes, I believe only in things that I see. Well, perhaps I can show you some kindness in the name of my faith. Uh, Thank you very much. So he drops the note, essentially it kind of flutters down and then puts his hand out for the gold piece that you, that you mentioned. Here's the gold, and then here's one silver. I'm going to pick up the note. Uh, he closes his hand, brings it in, slams the uh, the door. I, I pick up the note, um, and I unfold it. Uh, on the note, written clear as day, says, If I were you, I'd get the fuck out of here. <clears throat> well, that wasn't very helpful. Uh, it is around that point you start to hear commotion coming from uh, within the inn. <sighs> I wonder what's going on in there. Yeah, maybe, I think we should just head back. Perhaps it's best we don't find out. Yeah, uh, I guess that's why they called him a rude keeper on the the map. I don't know. I wish I could help them well friend help them you're gonna faith but you're gonna be here a while you're gonna be we're gonna okay. be up here in a while so i'm sure we'll have plenty of time to break the ice i just feel like that was the first time i've tried here in this new environment and it didn't go very well so. hey as we all know in the missionary <sighs> game it's a numbers game the more people you talk to the more likely you're gonna hit those goals so you got to be able to maintain a good positive mindset getting through there. Because really, the last thing you want to do, Brunwick, is uh, take it personally before you know it. You're turning a lot more yeses into noes based off your attitude. You know, So keep that good positive mindset, and we're going to be good to go. Now, let's head back to the, to the camp. Is this okay. a pyramid scheme? It just makes mm. me sad for these people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, you, you saw that person's hand. You know, they're, they're not yeah. having the best life. Uh, but luckily, we're going to be up here soon. We're going to make this settlement, and we're going to bring Glen Bell's prosperity to everybody, right? Yeah. There you go. Okay. Right. Let's let's head back to camp. Okay. Uh, so you head back down the path that you came. Um, you kind of follow through. You can no longer see the inn. Uh, but what you do see coming from the direction you are headed is uh, somebody panicked, sprinting as fast as they can. Uh, uh, under the breath, they're just like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Uh, they see you. They kind of shove you past them as they scream, get out of my way, get out of my way. Uh, they keep running. They are no longer within uh, uh, within sight, but you hear them screaming. 
underneath the screaming, you also hear the ripping squeal of a of a pig. Uh, oh God! Uh, at the same time, uh, you hear uh, the opening of an iron door. Uh, behind that, a cacophony of different animal noises. Uh, and the person from behind the door, uh, th- you recognize their voice, uh, screaming, Get him in here! Get him in here! As the scree- uh, the squealing of a pig and the screaming of a man become even louder and almost in unison. Uh, you hear what sounds to be a bit of a, uh, a fight. Do you guys want to go back and see what's going on? Or... Yes. Chris doesn't, but Bronwyn does. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna... I don't want to leave leave her behind, so, yeah. We we can't just leave them. That man sounds in pain. I, I mean, I'm not a healer, are you? Do you know how to heal people? I just don't feel like we're uh, well-equipped to handle what's at, whatever's over there. I mean, if you want to go over there and... and see it i'm i'll go with you but i'm bronwyn's already started running towards the inn all right i'm gonna make my way over there too uh so as you come up and you see uh the the man that had ran past you is no longer there but instead now uh is a fairly large beast that is half man half pig and half monkey uh, shrieking at the top of its lungs as three individuals with spears are trying to guide it into the building. <gasps> with uh, somebody behind the door uh, with it open, motioning, screaming, Get him the fuck in here! Get him in here! Can I help? Like, can I help push... Can I use my might to help them wrangle this creature? Uh, if you would like to, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to jump in and uh, try to, I don't know, are all, all the people trying to get this person, creature, beast in there, um, like, pretty strong and able-bodied, or is there one that I could, like, switch yes. with? They're okay. all they're all strong, able-bodied. They all have lacerations on their body as well. Okay. Uh, they're also wearing uniforms. Um, that is something that should be very specific. Oh. Uh, on the back of all of their uniforms is uh, a picture of the inn with a large pentagram uh, imbued on top of it. So it's like the pentagram with the uh, the inn behind it, kind of in the center of said pentagram. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, the individual behind the door notices you. T- are you going with... Uh, with yeah, Bronwyn? I'm going to... Uh, am I? I'm going to start pushing. Yeah, are you? Um... Yes, but I'm going to try to uh, stay closer into the shadows. Okay. Uh, Bronwyn, as you go up to help, the person from behind the door screams, Oh, fuck! Get the fuck out of here! I'm, I'm helping! Uh, the big pig monkey man turns uh, and sees you. And uh, if you can go ahead and roll initiative <laughs> for me. <laughs> To confirm, does he see me? I'm not trying to uh, like, fully be seen, but if he does, totally fine. Uh, no, they are preoccupied with uh, the this this pig monkey man. I saw your gift. I rolled a one. 
Oh, is that good or bad for initiative? Uh, for is initiative, that that's actually bad. That's the only time. Okay. Oh no. Yeah. What? Uh, so the uh, the pig, the where the the big pig thing uh, turns, sees you, and immediately goes uh, to swipe. <laughs> so uh, let me go ahead and roll damage. Let's see here. Okay. Uh, and swings for two. What is your armor? Okay, my armor is one. One? Okay, so that is one point off of your okay. HP. So barely, as you turn, swiping goes to swipe you. Uh, one of the spearmen happens to kind of catch uh, the arm redirecting it, the claws barely scraping across your torso. Uh, one of the spearmen shouts, Leave! Okay. Now I'm I'm like freaked out and I'll, I'll I'm gonna I'll go follow their instructions. Run right over here. We should run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Can we start running? <laughs> yes. Uh. So <laughs> they get the 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 pig man monkey beast. Uh, into the building, the voice that you are familiar with from behind the door uh, shouts, they've seen too much! Find them! Oh, no! Uh, yeah. As you... As y'all book it back towards the, uh... the the rest of the party. Yeah, we're full tilt sprinting now. Alright, so... We're gonna go back uh, tomorrow, Lil. Uh, What are you doing? Hmm. I'm thinking, you know, I wonder if things worked out with my buddies out in the woods. Pretty hoping they're being safe and sensible. Uh, I'm sure they'll be back any second. Yes. <laughs> uh, and with that thought is when you hear the two of them uh, coming around the corner sprinting, and I assume you, you two are yelling? I'm not. Yes. Well, actually, I think I'm running, and as... I'm out of breath, but as much as I can, I'm reciting, like, my... Your prayers. Like, yeah, and scriptures about, like, bravery and, you know, bless us, Glenn Bell, thou art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, you know, whatever the mm. equivalent is. Just out of um, breath, desperately trying to get that out while I'm running. I think seeing this, I ditch the small stones, so I'm not encumbered. Okay. Um, I've still got my silver dagger and my scythe. Can I use them both at once? Um... I believe so. Ah, uh, the sickle? Yeah, no, okay, so sickle is a one-handed weapon, so yeah, you can use both. Alright, um, seeing them coming, I'm like, two arms! Like, yelling as loudly as I can. Um, and, ugh, fuck, we should not have put ourselves across the road. It would be so much better for us to be in one place. Okay, the people who are carrying... It's human beings who are carrying the the big annoying priest, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's like two scrawny late teenage boys. <laughs> the big and annoying priest. There are are there horses pulling the other carts? Nope, all of them. Uh, nope. Yeah. So there's two carts, one carrying the pope, 
one carrying uh, uh, supplies for the trip. Yeah, I'm yelling to arms, but I'm also quietly thinking to myself, uh, fuck this, if I get a chance to run away during the battle um, and take a cart of supplies with me, I absolutely am. So while I'm getting everybody else to protect the Pope, I am backing towards the cart of supplies. Okay. I would like to, to run up to the uh, to the father. Okay. Uh, he opens up his tent flap. Father, um, we saw some crazy shit in the woods. Um, is some fucking beast? Sorry, excuse my language. Um, Brunwyn, she's she's hurt. Um, I I don't think we're safe here. And I present the note. This is the note I was given by the uh by the innkeep. Uh, it is so the uh the father looks at the note and goes. I have seen a number of threats in my days. It is no reason to fret. The no. glorious bell shall protect us. No. Do I hear this? Uh, yeah, I would assume so. Okay, I am gonna... Is he um currently on the ground or off the ground? Uh, off the ground. So he's in the cart. It has like a tarp slash tent kind of thing built around it for him to... Um, I say to the shitty kid, drop it. Drop the cart. Drop the uh, coat. I need to talk to him on the ground. Uh, one of the kids drops it. Uh, mm -hmm. The other one doesn't, holds firm uh, in their fright. So it teeters a little bit forward, but doesn't completely fall. Okay, I'll kick the other kid in like the back of his leg. So his knee like buckles and he falls over, hopefully. Okay, yeah, that's, uh, hold on, let me see. Yep, he drops okay. it and uh, the priest kind of falls onto his... Uh, Onto the ground with a oh hell, yeah, whatever. Um, and I really viciously, and if anyone can see me, like in the light of the torches and shit, I look like murder. Um, I reach in, I grab a sock, I shove it into the priest's mouth, and I'm like, "You're taking a vow of silence, and you're not gonna fucking kill me." And I gag him, wrap a scarf around his mouth, close the top, and I'm like, "Shitty boys, you don't tell anybody about this. We're getting the fuck out of here now." Pick him up. I, I want to go, whoa, um, hey, what are you doing? You can't do that to the yeah. father. His acolytes as well kind of like come, but they like, they're they're backing off, but they're still surrounding what's going on. Um, I'm like, I'm a servant of the bell and Slovenius. I have had a vision to lead us out of this forest and he is not going to help us do it. Follow me to the light. I'm, I'm not going to do that. I have seen you. Then stay here and die, thick. You were just Borwin. saying we need to leave. How am I not on your side? I mean, you taking the father hostage doesn't... I'm not taking him hostage. I'm saving his fucking life. I look at um, uh, Borwin. I I'm... Meanwhile, I'm still like... And like readying my crossbow and trying to kind of like... Bronwyn, everyone, we are leaving. Get myself prepared and take a stand. Shitty boys, move. There's no way we can outrun the people that are coming after us. Not with this cart. Not with a big group. I mean, we could retreat further into the forest, I guess, and try yeah, to Yeah, further into the forest. I, I don't know if that's a good idea. We are sitting ducks. We have seconds to make up our minds. Uh, with that, uh, you hear the Wilhelm scream <laughs> of Merv shrieking as uh, he is... Uh, 
you turn to see not only is he violently shitting against a tree. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, you shouldn't have drunk the whole bottle. Uh, fairly, essentially on like a maybe about 20 feet away from camp, uh, you see a spearman pinning him against the tree with a spear. He's screaming, soiling himself at the same time. Am I within a range that I can uh, fire my crossbow with the spearman? Yes. I will do that. Okay, uh, go ahead and roll uh, damage. Seven. Seven. Okay. Uh, the spearman that is holding Merv uh, up against takes a crossbow bolt straight into the neck. He yeah. gives out a gargled shriek and drops to the ground, the spear still pinning Merv uh, against the tree. Two other spearmen come sprinting around the corner of the footpath, headed towards the uh, the rest of the group. Uh, are the city I, boys carrying the priest away, or no? Yes, uh, they are uh, carrying the priest away the direction that y'all had been taking this path down, so the opposite direction, where you had been laying mm. the stones. Oh. Uh, a number of the mercenaries are um, prepared to fight the spearmen, and then uh, a couple of the clergy people and the other mercenaries have sprinted past the father's cart and are fleeing for their lives. I'm gonna go over to Merv. Um, I wanna grab my bolt out from the neck of the guy that I shot it into, see if I can reuse it. Okay, uh, give me a strength test. Now, is Merv dead or is he just pinned with the spear? Uh, Merv is not dead yet. Okay. Oh boy. Oh, I got a three. That's really good. Okay, yeah, fantastic. With uh, You step on the body of the spearman that you shot, uh, who is not completely dead yet, and with a... Uh, a they gargle as you pull the bolt out of their neck. Great. And Merv... Uh, it's probably going to be worse for him if I pull the spear out, huh? Probably. Okay. M Merv, go to Glenn. Uh, I will uh, try to help you. Um, these aren't really comforting words, but I want you to know that you're not dying alone. And then I rearm my crossbow. Uh, Glenn, or not Glenn, Merv slowly brings his thumb up and goes, sounds good, <laughs> before dropping limp. Oh, God. Uh, I'm going to run over there and um, uh, since he's limp, like, is he on the ground? He's pinned up against the tree limp. The oh, spearhead shit. pierced through him into the tree. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to crumble some tortilla chips from out of my pocket and do it over his head. Okay. Uh, as like a, you know, last rites type thing. Yeah. Go with Glenn. If... If I'm able to take aim at another spearman, I will do so. Yes, if that's the case, I'm going to have you uh, roll uh, initiative for anybody who is going to be participating uh, in the fight. I'm running. Okay. Uh, I'm also going to bless the dead guy with some with some tortilla chips sprinkled okay. over his head. Uh, and I, I, nice. I yell out to, uh, uh, to my companion, uh, you kill him, I'll bless him. 
Sounds great. I rolled a 12. All right. They rolled a nine and uh, they're pretty far away. So they're going to use both of their actions to come closer to you. So they're now maybe about 10 feet out with their spears being about six feet long. Okay. I take aim at, is one closer to me than another? They're relatively the same distance. Equidistant. Okay. You know, take aim at the first one. All right. Go ahead and roll. Uh, damage. Oh, I got eight. Okay, yeah, nice. Boom. My D8's Another... doing work today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Another uh, bolt straight through the neck of uh, one of the spearmen. Uh, they gargle and drop almost instantly. Okay. Well, then, I mean, my next, uh, I guess the other one's kind of coming at me. Uh, do I have a move action or you do. was that it? Okay. You have two uh, actions, a move cool. and then a secondary. So, and I can't shoot again in my secondary? Uh, no, one of them has to okay. be a move. Okay, cool. Um, just checking. So I fire that first one and then for my second move, I'm going to back away, I guess, just retreat a little bit more so I'm not in direct spear range. Okay. Uh, the spearman is going to move towards you, getting their spear ready, mm-hmm. and strikes you for six damage. <sighs> so five minus your armor. So now my, my HP is zero now. Your HP is zero. Mm-hmm. So we are going to roll on the scars chart real quick. Uh, uh, go ahead and roll a d12 for me. All right. I gotta say, I like that this uses so many dice because mm-hmm. I don't usually get to roll that many. Seven. Seven. Ooh. Hamstrung. You can barely move until you get serious help or rest. Okay. So okay. now, yes, you're you are essentially now stuck in place. Can uh, I still fire crossbow bolts? Yes. Okay, that's all or, uh, I need to know. Thick. <laughs> yes. Um, seeing seeing my companion um, being skewered, I want to whip out my dagger and uh, run at this person. Okay. Go ahead and roll damage for. Me. Five. Five? All right. Bam, you get them. They weren't really expecting you to pop up and stab them like that. Where do you stab them? Um, Like in the side, like where their kidney is. Yeah, so boom, you get them. They're very shocked by this uh, to the point where they kind of put their spear down and step back and look at their now gaping wound that is profusely bleeding. Okay, um... When I stab them, is there any way I could rummage through a pocket? Uh, give me a dexterity check at disadvantage. Okay. You want to lick their fingers? Too? <laughs> <laughs> they got actually it's not even cool down yet. Do they have maybe. rings? I'm just kidding. Um, so I got a uh, a twelve and a fourteen. My dex is ten. Mmm. Uh, so what happens is as they step back, you reach into their pocket, 
they step back, dragging you with them into the center of the road. You're now within the immediate vicinity. Or you're still within the immediate vicinity of this spearman. Okay. And it is... Uh, Brunwyn's turn. Alright. Um... Is that spearman still alive? Uh, for now. Is there... And uh, there's just those three guys, right? This is the last one? Correct. Okay. Um... Oh, and what does Wolfsbane do in this world? That is a good question. I have some. I also have some twine, mm-hmm. if that helps. Oh, do they not have it listed? Come on, you guys don't know what Wolfsbane is? <laughs> oh, no, it's poisonous. <laughs> That's what I thought, actually. Yeah. It's... yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, so if Wolfsbane IRL is poisonous, then it is okay. poison. Cool. So I won't be eating that. Um... I mean, you could, if you wanted. I would have stopped. <laughs> I could. No, the brown wind's not at that point right now. Um, but she is going to fire another bolt into the the other guy, the last guy. Okay, go ahead and roll damage. Four. Okay, uh, and if you can also roll uh, a d8 for me just for um, resources, just to see. Yeah. Eight. Okay, I've cool. never yeah. rolled this well on... <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. Uh, so you pierce the spearmen. They drop down to the ground. Uh, uh, if you can roll another deck save for me, Thick. All right. Uh, nine. Nine? Yep, my dex is ten. Okay. Yeah, so uh, as they fall, your hand slips out of their pocket. They fall and roll onto the ground. Are they dead? Yes. Okay, uh, I want to uh, rummage through their pockets, and then um, actually rummage through all these people's pockets if I could, searching for okay. anything valuable, and uh, sprinkle some. Actually, this time since they're on the ground, I'm going to put some tortilla chips on their eyes. Okay. Um, and I'm you... gonna say, get my arrows. Yeah. I'm... Uh, in it. each of their pockets, uh, you find uh, little satchels of silver dust. Uh, and then we are going to jump to Moralil to see what Moralil is up to now that they have been sprinting away. About how far would you say uh, you have gotten? How long did the combat take? Like a minute, maybe? Uh, Yeah, about this was maybe about 45 seconds of combat. It was a very quick, like, flink, 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 stab, stab, stab. You know. That's how we do. Okay, as soon as things go quiet, Moral stops. Um, I imagine that the fire that we made is still going. Yes. And turns to look and see what's happened. So as you turn, you see the three spearmen... On the ground, you see dead uh, Marv pinned up against a tree. Um, Thick is rifling through the pockets of the dead spearmen as Brunwyn is uh, uh, kind of knelt down 
uh, holding their leg. I don't know if this would even work, but she like holds up a hand and she's like, hold. So the shit boys stop. A couple of the acolytes stop. One other of the mercenaries stop. Everybody else keeps sprinting. I nod. Pat the shit boys on the back and say, you guys did you guys did really good there. Thank you. Uh, one Sylvanias of them goes, bless you. Uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, oh, come all you faithful. And I'm gonna head over to Bronwyn, who's on the floor. <sighs> and I'll roll her over, take a look at her, and then like, Okay. Where does uh, it hurt? Yeah, so Brunwyn, just so you are aware, uh, you have a severe wound on uh, essentially where your hamstring is. Okay, cool. I mean, not cool, but you know. Oh, my leg. I don't think I can move. It's okay, I'm a herbalist. Really? Your oil. Good thing we have your oil. Oh, yeah, definitely. What herbs do you have on you, honey? Um, I have wolfsbane. Good. I'll take that from you if that's okay. Okay. All right. Um, and I get like some actual herbs. Um, okay. Like, I-, I don't know what I would have on me, but I know valerian root's good for pain and feverfew is as well. Um, or like ash bark, which is like DIY aspirin. Yeah. Um, and I've got my silver dagger and I've got clean water. So, I would do everything I could to clean her wounds. Okay. Um, um, do I need to roll for that? Yes, I'm going to have you roll a d4. Okay. I got a three. Okay. Bronwyn, uh, three points of HP back. Oh, thank you. Uh, and I'm going to have you roll a will save for me. Cool. Oh, okay. A six and my will's a nine. Okay, fantastic. If you can roll uh, a d4 for me as well. Yes. Three. Three. Okay, Uh, so you gain uh, three will points to your stat. You still have difficulty walking, but it's no longer as uh, perilous. And for surviving uh, this terrible attack... uh, it's going to be a little bit of easier, a little easier for you to carry on from something like this. Okay. Wonderful. Okay, once I've once I've helped um, Bronwyn out, I'm going to take the wolfsbane and cover my hands because it's really toxic, um, and put it into like one of the one of the snake oil bottles. Okay. And mark that one with like the symbol of the bell, and then I'm going to head over to. Um, What's his face? The annoying priest. Yeah, Father uh, Father Piquet. I can't. Yeah, and I'm going to say to the city boys, you all did good. Um, I am pretty sure I uh, hurt the corners of the priest's mouth when I gagged him, so I need to go tend to those wounds now. Would you guys go and make sure Marv's properly buried? Uh, you got it. And they kind of scramble away to uh, to get Marv off of the tree. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna head into that little flap tent, take a look at the big priest. How's he doing? Uh, the priest is visually upset with you. Uh, with uh, the thing in his mouth, he's clearly going, hmm, 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 
Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, good. I'm going to grab some mud and block his nostrils. No, actually, no, not mud. I'm just going to, like, pinch his nostrils shut with one hand. Okay. Um, For a couple of seconds. And I'm going to remove the gag and pour the oil down his throat. The wolfsbane one. Uh, go ahead and do a will check for me. Morales, okay. changing what the dice of history. D20. Uh, D20, okay. roll under. I got a 13... And my will is only nine. Uh, so you pinch his nose as you go to pour the uh, oil down his throat. He shuts his mouth and does a very quick and violent headbutt against it. Uh, mm. Enough for it to slip out of your fingers onto the floor of the cart spilling out. And I'm like, it's snake oil. It's holy. I'm trying to help you. Uh, he... Uh, with the nose pinched, goes, I'll take none of your sinner's confection, uh, and starts to uh, violently old man wriggle uh, in his bindings. All right, I tried to do this the kind way, but I shut the thoughts behind me, put another sock in there, pinch his nose again, wait for him to die. <laughs> uh... Yeah, uh, I rolled a, a 20 on his will save, uh, so <laughs> it's almost no time at all. Um, so let release his nose, clean up the oil, um, like, I leave, like, the bottle, bottle there, but I sort of, I come out and I'm like, you wouldn't let me touch him. Wouldn't even let me take the gag off. Fucking weirdo. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the two acolytes that remind that remain believe you uh, when they hear this. Uh, the only mercenary who stays uh, brings up the idea that maybe y'all should take camp now. Yeah, for sure. And if it's fine with y'all, I think that's maybe where we will end the session. Okay. All right. All right. Awesome. So uh, once again, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, I don't remember how Jacob ends these things because honestly, at that point, I tune out. Uh, <laughs> so uh, thank you for listening. I guess uh, we will see you in one more session if y'all are down to, Hell yeah. to yeah. continue this story. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I gotta know what happens absolutely. next. I was going to say, like, I, I, I don't know. I want to see where these uh, where this um, uh, this fucking inn goes. You know what I mean? Yeah. See what's up with these people in yeah. this inn. I mean, it's something werewolfy-ish. It must be. Beasty. Yeah, must be because cool. uh, they all have silver. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Made me think of Cersei. You know? Yes. Yeah. Uh, she's uh, the lady who, well, demigod who turned men into pigs because. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. like, no, I know who you're talking about. She did. Yeah, because she did. Yeah. She's the one that Odysseus was like. Oh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's what the ancient text actually says <laughs> <laughs> the ancient text actually says that odysseus to jacob eyebrowed at Cersei. yeah <laughs> all right well thank you for tuning in we look forward to uh having the next episode uh good night and good luck <laughs> <laughs> all right this show is made possible thanks to listeners like you. 
For more great Cheesy Gordita Network content, follow us on social media or go to CheesyGorditaNetwork.com to stay up to date. Thank you for your support and stay Baja blessed.